0: Good morning, welcome everyone. My name is uh, Ashish Parekh, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Estera Brilka and our guest, Mr. Sabine Varghese And welcome to another episode on our podcast of Love Talks. And today, in our episode two, we'll be discussing toxic relationships and and also discussing manipulation. So at this Point. I would like to turn it over to my lovely co-host, Dr. Astera, who will introduce our guest, Mr. Sabine, and then we will take care go into our podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Astera. Today, we will be talking about toxic relationships and uh, manipulation in relationships. So these two um, topics they pretty often come together because well, a toxic relationship is a relationship in which manipulation is, is present. Pretty often on a daily basis. Um, so just to um, let you know what uh, manipulation and relationships are, um, psychological manipulation is um, defined as exercising of undue influence through mental distortion and also emotional exploitation, or a partner or also other members of the family, for example uh, children. The manipulator uh, the intentions that they have is to seize power control or to gain some benefits and privileges from the manipulated partner or other family member that otherwise they wouldn't get and there are different forms of uh, manipulations that uh, we will discuss uh, during this episode and uh, the most common ones um, are gaslighting, triangulation, and, for example, silent treatment. And those uh, who manipulate in relationships are usually those um, who can detect our weaknesses, who can use those weaknesses against us, convince us to give up up something, um, for example, in order to serve the interests of the manipulator and fulfill their needs. And uh, also, unfortunately, once a manipulator has succeeded, you can be um, quite sure that this kind of manipulation, in this form or another, uh, will happen again. Because once they have succeeded, they will be very, very prone to do it uh, again. And um, manipulation in relationships is most common when one Of the of the partners, um, or at least one of the partners is um, someone um, who is a narcissist. So basically someone with a narcissistic personality disorder, also someone with antisocial personality disorder or borderline personality disorder or also psychopaths. And what uh, all these disorders have in common is a lack of empathy. So manipulation is uh, quite easy for these people because they can't see themselves in your shoes. So they don't have any remorse. That's the uh, second trait that is common. So they don't really feel that they are doing anything wrong. And the third common trait is that they cannot handle responsibility. So when they manipulate, it's not about them manipulating, exerting the influence, but it's about uh, their victims letting them do it. So that's, uh, that's a common thing and manipulation. So those who manipulate, they don't really feel bad about it. And unfortunately, um, toxic relationships, relationships in um, which manipulation is present, um, are not that uncommon. And uh, they are quite common everywhere in the world. It doesn't really matter from what culture you come from there are people with this kind of disorders like the narcissistic personality disorder everywhere. So today uh, we are here to talk uh, a bit about toxic relationships, manipulation, our experience um, from our relationships and um, as Ashish mentioned um, already uh, we have a guest Sibin. Sibin is from India Welcome, Sibin. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation today.
2: Oh no, thank you, Esther. It's an absolute honor to be here.
1: Okay, so, well, um, for starters, I wanted to discuss, you know, a thing that is quite of a taboo uh, topic, even within the greatest taboo topic of toxic relationships and, and manipulation, because When we um, talk about toxic relationships, we pretty often, you know, assume uh, that it's a female who is manipulated somehow, you know, because of any other kind of violence, like physical violence being more often uh, done by men, which is also not not entirely true because uh, there are women who use physical violence against their spouses or boyfriends. But somehow, you know, in in the people's uh, mentality, uh, when we talk about abuse or toxicity in relationships, we pretty often assume that it's uh, men, that, you know, the spouse or or the boyfriend is the one that is manipulating. And uh, that's not really what is happening because it can be actually a woman as well. And that uh, happens probably as often, Uh, but somehow, um, well, we don't really talk about it. because it's something cultural. Uh, Men don't really want to admit that uh, they are in abusive relationships, whether it's a physical abuse or whether it's psychological abuse. And that topic is is not really um, that much discussed. And uh, well, now there is a bit more awareness about it, that violence or physical or psychological can actually happen to everyone regardless of the gender, but nevertheless, men are still not that uh, happy to talk about that. So what, what do you think, guys? Why, why is it uh, that, that men tend to avoid that kind of topics? if they don't really want to talk about their relationships, if, if there was some sort of um, psychological abuse there or manipulation?
2: Um, to, be, to be very honest, from a personal experience point of view, right? So I was the kind of guy or I am the kind of guy who does not give up on relationship right? because I value it to the very end now in 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 my scenario um i held it up for a few years um before the bubble broke um it was just getting too much and um it was getting the best out of me in terms of uh my health uh, my work life everything I and mean, it was interfering everywhere and as much as i tried to keep it out of the door when i used to walk into work um it, it, it still kept running into my head because um that the thoughts would come in the moment you're idle um, you know, they say that an idle mind is a devil's workshop. So all the thoughts used to come back and, and I, and it, it, it started hitting. So, um, that's where, um, you know, I really felt that I need help and, uh, you know, I had to reach out to someone, um, to actually discuss about it. So, um, I mean, in my case, it was a couple of my friends who actually, I, I, I literally spoke to, but it was eventually, um, and, and I, I don't, uh. Um, hate to say this, or I don't feel my my pride is, I'm gonna lose my pride, but I actually broke down in front of my mother. And um, it was after six years that you know, I actually went and spoke to my mom. Um, and I told her, you know what, this is just not working. Um, things are getting a little too much for me. Um, as much as I tried to hide it from you, um, that you know, um, things are fine, but with me and my partner and everything, but uh. At the end, I, I I needed some help. I needed some support. I needed some guidance as to what I can do differently or what I, should, what I need to do differently from my standpoint. Because whatever I tried to do or whatever I applied in my relationship, um, nothing seemed to be just working. Everything used to just backfire. So um, it could be a pride issue where men don't want to talk about it. Um, the male ego, of course, um, that's there. I mean, we are uh, born to be tough. But hey, you know what? We are the weakest. Um, to be very honest with you, I mean, I, and, and like I said, I don't. Um, I, I say it with pride um, that yeah, men are weak. They need that emotional support, and generally, it is from the opposite side that we get that support. So yeah, you have to lean over somewhere.
1: Well, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us because it's quite uncommon for a man to be so open about um, their relationship and how it affected them at the time. But uh, yeah, what she said is, uh, is actually quite, uh, quite interesting, because uh, I know that in India, uh, marriages are like a, a big thing. It's pretty much like in my culture, because I come from Poland and well, at least until the 90s, uh, because in Poland, the majority of people are Catholics. Um, also, it's kind of sad that the marriage is made in heaven. So uh, yeah, so basically people and to somehow avoid the topic of, of um, you know being not very happy in their relationship or being manipulated or dealing with this kind of things on the on a daily basis that they would prefer not to uh, deal with, but uh, I think that yeah like trying to. Um, to somehow revive the relationship or rescue the relationship from getting a divorce in the end is probably something that very many people do. Um, the problem with that is actually that uh, you have to know when to let go. And we don't really know, right? Because, uh, well, we're just trying to justify our partner's behavior. Probably at some point, we are not the ones without uh, any sense either. And this is how it goes. And many people... They are in that kind of relationship for years and they somehow still think that, well, maybe something in the end uh, will work out. Maybe, you know, if we go to a... A couples therapy or do, go to some spiritual advisor or a priest or whoever else it will let us you know have a better relationship but unfortunately if you are in a toxic relationship with for example a narcissist this is not going to work but that's, that's actually something that, um, that is common for this kind of relationship whatever you would be doing it's not going to work because it's the, your partner who is manipulating, who's getting something from the relationship, and you are sort of breadcrumbed in the relationship. And in the end, you know, whatever you are investing in the relationship, your money, your health, your um, time, because, well, time is something that we, we are not give, being given back. Yeah? If you invest 10 years in a relationship, well, this is, this is what it is, right? So um, whatever we are investing in that kind of relationship is pretty often a sunk cost. And if you know what the sunk cost is, it's like in business, when you're investing into something and you don't uh, get anything back, but at some point you have invested so much that you don't actually want to leave that uh, business or a relationship in, in that matter because Well, you think that it's just such a loss, but if you leave now, you will just lose everything. And you think and you hope that you win something, that the relationship will be better. And then you keep investing, but in the end, you anyway lose even more. So that is something that I think keeps many people in that kind of a relationship, because they are just also afraid to lose everything that they have invested, right, because if we are talking about a long-term relationship or a marriage, there is, you know, uh, it's about the time, it's about your mental well-being, mental health, you said, Sabine, that while you were at some point starting being quite affected by what was going on in your relationship, but it's also about finances and money, you know, Um, it's yeah, <laughs> we know we know yeah. how it is. Yeah? <laughs> when you get the divorce, or even when you split with a um, partner that you've been for a for a long time with. So people are quite often very afraid to to move on. But uh, that's probably not something that uh, that we should be afraid, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, see, the thing is with me, um, um, like I said, I don't give up on relationship. Be anyone, I mean, be family, be it friends, or anyone um i didn't take the cues at the right time um to to understand that okay you know what it's it's about time to quit and when i had my discussions with friends or family or whoever um they told me why did you wait this long i mean this should have been um taken care of um a lot sooner you should have involved your family or you should have gone for therapy but the fact of the matter is i mean i'm ready for therapy is my partner ready for therapy Mm -hmm. no she wasn't Right. So even though trying so much, I mean, involving third parties, uh, trying to see if like, OK, if I bring in a friend, probably have a discussion and so on and so forth. It was there was a point when I did get someone to, to um, you know, I invited someone for a, fa- for a family dinner because it was um, one of the festivals. I don't remember which one. And during that time, the behavior of, of my partner was totally different. Right. And when I went to drop off my friend, my, my friend was asking, are you sure that you're going through this? I mean, it doesn't look like I mean, your partner doesn't look like I'm like, see, the thing is, it, you know, I don't know. You know, she's diff- looking, um, you know, she's a different in front of you. But, you know, it's different in, in, when, when it's me. And just been, the moment I finished that conversation, I got a call. OK, and I just told her, you know what? I told my friend, just wait for a couple of minutes. You will come to know the true self. I answered the phone. I was in my car. I answered the phone, and the way my 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 partner was speaking, it was totally different um, than what my friend experienced. And then my friend was like, "Dude, you really need to get out of this. You have wasted too much of time. You invested too much of time. You invested too much of money. This is just not gonna work. It's 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 about time you quit it." So uh my advice to people yeah the moment you start getting the cues try talk to someone um it is required rather than investing yourself so bad that it's very difficult to come out
1: mm. yeah i mean that's that's quite common uh, what you've just described because especially narcissists they usually have different faces for different people and of course they don't really want to show themselves as abusers so when they um Basically, talk with other people, or when you are together, like with with a friend, you have a dinner or some other um, family function. Uh, they will be behaving, well, let's say, normally, right? They will be probably yeah. very sweet and very, very kind to everyone. But uh, once everyone is out, and you are with them all alone, everything changes. And that's also yep. something that we will talk uh, more about um, in, in in the today's episode as well. What are those common uh, techniques, because unfortunately there is a pattern, and there are yep. some techniques of manipulation that, that are more common than, than the others, and these should be those red flags, because yeah, you said, well, as we say in Poland, you know, everyone is uh, is uh, wise after they have lost something, right? So basically, yep. Yep. it's easy to say that, uh, well, I should have reacted much much earlier, but unfortunately, when we are in that kind of a relationship, it's. Not always those red flags are actually red flags yeah. to us. So, and what do you think, Ashish, about that? Because how is it in the US? You know, is it is it easier for people somehow to figure out that they are in a toxic relationship, or or is it also like in India or maybe in Poland? You know that well, we have this cultural issues that uh, that tell us to fight for our relationships. How is it in the? US? I think in the
0: United States, it's different than. Maybe Poland or India. Um, I think just I see here in the United States. I think there's a lot more toxic relationships. There's a lot more manipulation. I I think divorce seems more prevalent in the states as compared to other countries. Um, I'm not saying that marriage is a bad thing, but I have noticed that there have been plenty more divorces. And obviously, with COVID, you know, with people being stuck in their own house. I'm sure people are just frustrated and that's probably leading to also anger and other issues like that. But I think, you know, like going to Sabine's point about manipulation and toxicity, I think sometimes the culture, I think the Indian culture can sometimes be very like forceful or they could be like, they don't believe in divorce as much. At least I know, you know, on my parents' side or my family's side, like divorce is like a big no-no. And it's like, almost like a taboo. Like if you have a divorce, it's like, oh no, what happened to you? But you know, if the relationship starts off good and then other factors just come into play and it's just not the same, it's not healthy for you or your partner to stay involved in a relationship if it's not going to be beneficial. And I think at that point, you just have to realize to make a clean break because we all have one life to live. And if we're not happy ourselves, then there's no point of being in a relationship where we're not happy or we're being the puppet or we have to change who we are to fit in with anyone else. And that's just, you know, my two cents, you know, I've experienced that, but you know, it's one of those things where you live and learn in life. And, you know, just based on like our conversation last week with our guest, you know, like every guest, I mean, every couple will have quarrels every couples will have arguments but it's at what point does the argument then become like more toxic that it's not healthy for either partner and then you actually have to like go into a shell or you're actually in a pressure cooker and the moment you're in a pressure cooker then i think also at the same time um there's just so much pressure from external forces that it's just gonna you're just gonna blow up
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's very difficult to, you know, be in a situation when you are well abused, <laughs> mentally abused every day, and um, well, you have to somehow um, deal with that. Plus, you have to perform at work, and you have to also deal with all the other things that life puts in front of you, because um, relationships in which manipulation is, is basically, you know, um, a daily reality is something that affects us in, in very many different ways. And unfortunately, quite often we start seeing that only one is already too late, like Sibin, for example, and he kind of had enough and in front of his mother, he showed that he had enough right and that's for many people you know we, we try to deal with um, that kind of uh, manipulative partners we try to make excuses for them that for example well it's not what they really mean or you know they had a difficult childhood that's why they are like that or they don't um, they don't think much before talking so that's why they said this or that yeah. but you know if it happens once in a blue moon of course it can happen because well we We are stressed, we are frustrated even before, well, or maybe before the COVID, we were super frustrated sometimes with our, you know, high demanding uh, work environments and and commuting and, you know, being really, really super busy every day. So, you know, everyone could have a moment that's, well... We could just uh, say something a bit uh, without thinking or maybe in anger or because of frustration. I'm not saying it's good, but that unfortunately happens sometimes. But there's a difference between something like that happening once in a while and something like that just happening every day, being just the normal way of our partner behaving, not because they are upset or they have some personal problem or or a problem at work and they just, you know, react on a a wrong person, but uh, it's just how they are. And we tend to make different justifications about their behaviors until at some point we start acknowledging, we get this awareness that, well, if you stop making those excuses, there is no other reason to really stay in this relationship because once those excuses are not there, it's really abuse
2: yeah true um the thing is at um, I, I, one point of time i mean it's not, it, I, I don't know if it is more of a culture because um uh, in, in in my part of the world though my paternal side was a little reluctant from from a from a separation point of view but my maternal side they were very very supportive like if it is, if the relationship is not working why did you even waste your time why did you invest so much of time that's the first question that came through. So in terms of manipulation and, and and toxicity, right? The worst is when you have other parties getting involved and and, and trying to manipulate you. I mean, when you have a third person entering, um, so say for example, someone from the family. And like you said, you know what, you know, it's just the way she um, mm. she's she's raised and and probably that's the reason why, you know, she talked spoke that way. Don't worry about it. She didn't mean it that way. There were multiple instances in my experience wherein the family would come up and say, you know what, she's just a child. Don't worry, she didn't mean it. Um, she didn't mean to say it. It, it. it went on to a certain level wherein like uh, the manipulation got so strong or um, the, the, uh, the distractions um, that were created for me um, and, and, and creating an alternate reality in, in, in terms of things can get better if we do this or things can get way better if we do that. Um, x y and z kind of a scenario so in, at one point of time i ended up buying a house that i was not even you know i was kind of reluctant to go and invest right now because i had not reached the stage to to get a mortgage and 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 wasn't ready for that kind of a commitment but there was constant nagging that was coming through um, from the back that okay you know what we live in on rent and you know, we 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 live separate from your family. We are living separate from my family. We are in a different city altogether. You know, how many you know how many days I'm just gonna be maintaining uh, or or doing the chores for a house that does not belong to us? Why should I do it? So those kind of words and 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 started getting into the personal thing. I mean, kept trying to hit your ego that you're not worth it. You just cannot do it, and so on and so forth. You're not capable. So getting that the you know trying to hit that ego point of view and 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 so on and so forth. So. Um, that is where people need to understand. I mean, you know, shove your pride away um, as much as possible. Um, try to make sense and, and try to understand, are you really in a situation, really in a position to actually take that kind of a step? Could be anything. I mean, and, and, and thankfully, uh, what, what's best for me is that I did not have a child. Right. And if I had a child and, and, and with a partner like that, um, things would have been absolutely ugly. Right. yeah exactly
1: uh, because then probably you know you would prefer maybe to stay for the sake of the child or exactly or a child could be used you know to manipulate you as well so <laughs> that's quite uh, often absolutely. what's happening
2: hmm. absolutely I would, I would have definitely stayed um in that relationship had i had a child because i didn't want to ruin the child's future mm. right um you know, um, it, 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 I mean, why would a, um, you know, a baby that is born in, in, in this relationship to, has to suffer, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's best that you know, um, you know, stay in the relationship, try to work it out, or try to keep the other partner away as much as possible. I don't know, you know, different things can be done, but I would have stayed had, had there been a child, but thankfully, um, you know, um, I did not have that child, and and, and, and that child did not have to suffer. So, I'm glad that, you know, that, that never happened.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, you brought up a good point, Sabine. I think, you know, when there are kids, you know, you don't want to use them as pawns in a relationship and be like, kind of make them feel like if the mom and dad are fighting or whatever, separated, then you don't want to tell the kids, well, look, you know, your mom or dad abandoned you. And yeah. what's that say about them? And then that will affect their psyche so much. And then they grow up and they see their, friends at school and they see uh their moms or dads and then you know they only see one parent so it's just harder for them but it's
1: it's yeah, tough it is i mean you know children shouldn't be um, in any way used as homes in in that kind of situation or or when a divorce is um, going to happen but unfortunately it pretty often happens but in the end of the day is a divorce um When you are in that kind of a relationship, is it really ruining the child's life? Because imagine that you are in that sort of relationship, you have a child, and nothing will change. If it changes, it usually changes to the worst when children are present. So in the end of the day, what you're doing, staying in that kind of relationship, you're teaching your child that this is how a relationship looks like. And that's something which probably we don't really want to do. I mean, I don't have children myself, but I was uh, I was brought up in that kind of family. And I saw it since I remember like I was like three years old or something. And, and I remember how it was uh, between my parents, how much manipulation there was, how much I was manipulated. But, and that's definitely not something that I would like my child to look at. So, um, that's also, you know, another thing, is, is divorce really such a bad thing in the end, or is it somehow actually a better thing, because you can still move on, you can still have, you can stay, still have shared custody on your child, and well, at least your child maybe would see that one parent is happy, if the other parent is toxic. I mean, of course, it's a sensitive topic, and, and probably there are as many opinions on that as, as many people, but also about finding this balance what is actually a worse thing for a child staying in that kind of a dysfunctional family let's call it as it is or maybe you know be able to see at least one parent moving on and and having a relationship that can be sort of like a role model relationship for for the child so I guess that's that's one thing but um, you know I really uh, liked what you said Sidine about this alternate reality yeah. And you, you referred to that as to um, all those family members who are trying to make excuses for, for your wife at the time and creating this, this you know sense of maybe you getting the things wrong, things that she was saying or she was doing. But quite often in this kind of relationship, uh, alternate reality is created actually by the partner who is manipulating. And uh, one of um, that kind of techniques that I want to mention now is um, called gaslighting, and that's uh, something that you know you may hear about because uh, these days there is a lot of people talking about uh, narcissists, uh, narcissistic abuse, uh, gaslighting as well as that's one of the, the common uh, methods uh, narcissists manipulate other people, and uh, I just wanted to, to you know uh, briefly tell a bit about that uh, kind of a technique because this is what it's in fact is it's actually creating the alternate reality in the relationship and that's um, that happens by manipulating the other person the the spouse or it can be also children as well if uh, there are children in the family but that's about manipulating the other person in a way that they start questioning their thoughts their sanity And also the reality, you know, so so they start being really confused what is going on in a relationship or what is going on with them. Basically, it's like having your own emotions uh, and reality denied by your partner. And that can be done in um, many ways, but pretty often it's it's done by, you know, the partner who is the one who manipulates. They can... Say different things, they can promise you different things, and for example, then claim that that has never really happened. So it's like a changing rules uh, mid game and and like just emotional abuse. Let's say it um, straight and how that uh, looks like. It's pretty often, you know, when you start hearing on a daily basis things like, oh, well, the thing that you're talking about that has never happened. Or for example, well, I think you're exaggerating. I didn't really mean that. Or also, well, don't be so sensitive, right? That's that kind of um, things that can um, actually make you think whether you're not being gaslighted. Also, uh, there is uh, my favorite one and that happens only in romantic relationships, but I must say I personally had it uh, at work when uh, one of my bosses uh, was bullying me for a very, very long time. And I was, I was really on the edge of, of a breakdown. And um, well they told me at that time, I'm sorry that you're feeling this way. So, you know, they do something, the, the partner that is uh, the one that manipulates, they do something which is like abuse, that can be a regular abuse. And then if you tell them that you're not feeling happy with that, that you are um, upset, you would prefer them not to behave in that particular manner, they will tell you, I'm sorry but you feel this way. So, it's, you know, it's kind of like uh, telling you that, uh, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, but, well, if you feel like that, sorry but you feel like that, but it's not my fault at all. So, yeah. you know, that that is gaslighting, and I... I wanted to ask you whether you have a you know a, a experience of something like that because that's that's a quite common thing that is happening in oh yeah relationships
0: it
2: oh, is yeah. oh yeah there are plenty of examples of that i mean not only in in in, in marriages but also like yeah, you said, in in work relationship hey you know mm-hmm. what i never promised you anything like that i mean you know when did that happen um did i say that or you're just taking mm-hmm. it too personal and and and, and those exactly <laughs> So that, that's that's there. I mean, be it, be it personal relationship, work relationship, or even, um, you know, friends or acquaintances. Yeah, those kind of stuff does happen.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, I, I agree with what Sabine said. I think, you know, again, it goes to like pride or insecurities. And I think like people like who are like that, they do like to try to manipulate other people or change their thinking so that, the person who is doing the manipulation will actually feel good about themselves. And, and they control
1: won't. the reality. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and basically everything goes the way that they want. And mm-hmm. that's it's harmful because you can only do that for so long that after a while the partner who you're controlling or gaslighting is just going to be like, you know what? Pardon my French. F you and uh, just be like, I'm out of here. And it's... It's just one of those things where you just have to work together, and if you can't, then just mutually part ways and try to be friends if you can't.
1: Well, the, the only thing that is quite difficult here is that many people, they don't really see it as a red flag, and they stay in that kind of relationships for, well, much too long. Because it's easy to say, you know, for someone who maybe comes from a, well, super healthy family, they, they had really caring parents, they have a secure attachment style, but someone comes from a, from a family like mine, for example, and that's, that's not a very uncommon type of a family, uh, when you had, well, ones of, one of your parents or both, in my case, were actually narcissists. For me, this was something that I actually saw, as a normal way of interacting. I mean, I had my gut feeling even as a child that it's not normal. But then, you know, it's much harder to realize in your adulthood that you are going into, you know, through the same patterns that you know from your family of origin. Gaslighting is something that um, is quite common in in toxic relationships when you have a partner that is, uh, for example, narcissist and um, when i was uh, talking about gaslighting earlier i forgot to to mention why is it actually called like that because we are talking about this alternate reality that um, toxic partners somehow cre- create to the extent that the other person the other partner starts being really confused about their own feelings emotions and reality so just for those who don't know uh, where the term comes uh, that comes from a a play, quite an old play, I think, from the 50s, which was called uh, Gaslight. And in that uh, play, that was also um, a movie later, with Charles Boyer and Ingrid Bergman, the husband uh, manipulated uh, his wife by using a traditional, ancient gas lamp, where where you have a flame and you turn it up or turn it down. So the husband uh, wanted to get his wife insane. And he did that by dimming uh, the lights in the room. For example, the, the, the wife was coming back from, from somewhere and uh, the lights were quite bright. And then she went to the, to the bathroom or to change uh, the clothes and she came back to the living room and then the lights were dimmed. And uh, she asked the husband what, what happened, who dimmed the light. And he at that point was telling to her that, uh, well, no one has done anything with the light, it's the same as it was. And in the end, after some time, the wife got got insane. So that's where the the term comes from. And uh, well, it shows pretty pretty well, I think, what this alternate reality means. But... um, I also um, have a quite a good example from uh, real life of that gaslighting that can happen and that's um, I have a permission uh, of that person to tell about her story in that uh, in that respect here on on the today's episode that's someone who is quite close to me and I've known her for for very many years well I believe that uh What she was telling me about her relationship that has ended some time ago was actually as it was and uh, having her permission. I um, wanted to use uh, an example of gaslighting that she was she was experiencing in that relationship for quite a few months, because it's it's like a typical example of this sort of manipulation. So um, the story was that uh, she was together, and at some point she lived together with uh, her partner. And before she had that partner, some time ago, she was in a relationship with another person um, who is known to that partner that she was in a relationship until uh, recently. And unfortunately, that previous partner was quite manipulative as well, and uh, also talking um, my friend, also sending her text messages that she didn't really want to to get from him. So like um, all the time, some sort of unsolicited contact. But anyhow, um, when she started a relationship with with the new partner and when she started living with him, this new partner at some point started, or or from the beginning, really, probably she just noticed at some point, he started controlling her quite, uh, quite much. So he knew that um, this guy was sending texts to her. So she had to every day show him what sort of texts she got. And, you know, she went along because she was like, "Okay, I have nothing to to hide. I don't have anything to do with that other guy anymore. So, yeah, well, go ahead, yeah, you can have a look at those texts that he's sending me. I'm not sending him anything back. I, I just prefer to ignore it. So this new partner was basically checking her mobile phone every day, which is kind of a strange thing. I mean, I wouldn't do that <laughs> to, to my partner, and I've never had any partner who did that uh, to me. But then, you know, the things were anyway, anyway getting worse and worse because he was very jealous. Uh, about that previous partner uh, that was sending those texts, so he started being more and more controlling, and uh, that, at some point, after a few months, got to that extent, of course, it was, you know, a gradual thing, but it got to that extent that my friend, after she has broken up with that new partner, uh, she told me that she was so, so confused, Because he started accusing her that when she was going uh, to the town center, for example, to, you know, she had her own things. She has her own business. So she had some things that she had to care of. You know, she had to go to some office and do something or, you know, normal things or meet a client or or meet some, some collaborator. But this partner of hers, he thought that she was meeting this other guy. And, you know, she was all the time bullied because of that. And she said that in the end, she actually was so unsure whether she was in fact meeting that previous guy or not. She was gaslighted to that extent, that she in the end believed that, well, maybe there was something happening. And she said that thing that was for me was like really a neon red flag. But she said that, well, if he puts a camera in my car, I would actually be glad because I would finally see whether I really go to do my business in the city center or whether I actually go and have some rendezvous with that guy. You know, she was gaslighted to that extent that she completely didn't believe herself in the end. And she started accepting what her partner was telling her that she is uh, cheating on him with that other guy. And if you when you listen to something like that, you just think that this is absolutely insane. You know how how an adult person can get to that point that they seriously think that putting a camera in, the, in their car may be a good idea because they will finally actually know what is going on. Right. So this is how gas lightning works. And this is how toxic partner work. You know, they they make you completely confused. You, you don't believe yourself, you don't believe in your emotions, you don't believe in your in what you remember that happened. So you start questioning everything. So that's a very, you know, bad manipulating technique, but that's unfortunately the most common one that happens in that kind of relationships.
2: Yeah, I can, I can actually relate to that. Um, not in a similar way though, but um, the way it was when I was with my um, ex-wife, She happened to, I mean, I never had the habit of um, signing off from my Gmail or or, or my personal emails and all that stuff, right? So, apparently, she got hold of my emails, my old emails, which um, I was writing when I was overseas to my ex-girlfriend, and, you know, uh, she happened to read all of that, and... One fine day, you know, or a weekend or so, it, it, it started from there, wherein, like, started comparing the relationship between us and, and, and how it was with my previous girlfriend. I'm like, say, hey, people are different. You, you, you behave differently with different people. There are a few things that, you know, I like to do with you. There are a few things that I would have loved to do when I was a lot younger um, at, at that particular juncture, right? But then there was um, this constant comparison being made. It's as if, like, I'm in a relationship with two people at the same time. You know, it, 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 I, was, I was wondering, like, okay, so which one is real? I mean, is the, is, is, is the one that I had with my ex-girlfriend real? Or is the one that I'm having with you real right now? So what's happening? You know, I, I started questioning the reality of things and, and didn't know, um, you know, how to go about it. But somehow, like I said, I was persistent in ensuring that, you know, my relationship with my ex-wife too does work. So I somehow managed to get out of it. But it just kept haunting back. I mean, there were times when um, I would have left my, and, and I'm a little finicky about where I leave my things. Uh, mm-hmm. there, are, there, are, there are places where I leave my keys or there are places where I leave my phone, my wallet and everything. So if I would know if someone has taken my phone and moved, right? And I mean, initially I didn't mind. I mean, like, a, like your friend, I didn't have a problem. Yeah, you can go ahead and check my phone. I don't care. There's nothing for me to hide. But then it, it, it became so much that even though there was nothing, but it's still the old conversation would come back. And I'm like, really? What's really going on? Right? Where is this going? I mean, like that person, I don't even know where that person is anymore. It was so long ago that I don't even know if that person exists anymore, which part of the world yeah. that person is. I have no contact. So why bring that up?
1: Yeah, but uh, that's actually quite interesting what you're saying because we are transitioning to the next uh, manipulation technique. <laughs> it's actually not gaslighting anymore that much, uh, but that's something which is called uh, triangulation. And as yeah. the name shows, it's like bringing a third person by the person who manipulates by this toxic partner, bringing a third person into the relationship in order to uh, remain in control and like a traditional uh, triangulation usually takes takes place in families with children when for example you know one child is in a conflict that was pretty much induced by by the toxic uh, parent and let's say one child doesn't have good relations with the other parent so when this um, toxic parent become, becomes like a you know mediator between uh, between this child and the other parent and the child and the other parent are communicating usually only through this uh, other parent who is who is the one who manipulates who wants to be in control of this relationship who has the it's the only person who has actually the actual actual view what is happening between those two people because both they both are manipulated by by the person who is toxic but in the relationships uh, triangulation um, can also take a completely different between two people can take a a completely different form and what is uh, what is pretty often uh, happening is what you said there is a third person brought into a relationship for example in the form of comparing uh, your relationship um, to the relationship that you had with a previous partner or that the toxic person had with a previous partner you can be also compared to to some of uh, his or her friends or co-workers Sometimes it happens that um, people in toxic relationships can even be compared to some celebrities from Instagram. For example, If we think about, you know, the looks. So, yeah, yeah, there can be some, you know, uh, athletic, uh, nicely looking celebrity being compared to to you if you are in a toxic relationship. Also, triangulation can be done in, in a way that the toxic partner brings... Let's say an outside uh, feedback uh, to the relationship. So, for example, they say that, you know, my mom thinks that you should be doing this and that. Or, you know, my best friend said that what you've done was, uh, you know, not nice and you should not be doing this. You should be doing that instead or something like that. So not only it feels like, you know, we are not good enough. Uh, but it also, you know, brings uh, some jealousy to into the relationship, and it's about someone who is not even really there, right? So there's, like, lots of discomfort and, and imbalance, and, um, well, that's, of course, done, again, to, to seize power, control. Also, it gives attention to the toxic partner, right? Because they are in the center of, of this triangulation so for them it's like a kind of a game so that that's one of the things that uh, quite often also happens have you ever had an experience of something like that or have you seen you know something like this happening to someone that you know
0: i have i know it's just one of those things where like i was the only child but like i've seen it where sometimes like two parents like will show favoritism to another family member you know and that happened to me growing up And I, it always sucked, you know, like they would always compare me to everyone else. Like they'd be like, oh, look at your cousin. He went to Harvard. You know, you can do that too. And I'm
2: like,
0: like, okay, yeah, great. I don't want to go to Harvard or, you know, it's just one of those things. And then people would be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you smart? And it's like, I graduated like eighth out of 333 kids in my class. Like I wasn't valedictorian like everyone else, but I still was like in the top 2%. And I think Mm. that, sort of triangulation and manipulation i think can affect your mentality and then like you know in a relationship if they compare your marriage to like someone else and like, oh look at them you know they're doing a b and c we need to do a b and c i'm like no we don't need to do a b and c we need to do d e and f exactly
1: not everything works for everyone
0: yeah if you try to copy everyone else you're never going to have your own identity you're never going to be authentic and that's what the whole issue is so hmm and I think that's just a problem now that I think everyone is just insecure or people are just dealing with their own insecurities and they just want to try to fit in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I haven't had anything like that in my romantic relationships, I must say, uh, luckily. But yeah, I, I remember it from my uh, family of origin as well. I, I was always compared to everyone else and... In a way, I had that, uh, you know, advantage, but I was the smartest, so I don't have, uh, I don't really have cousins that I would know of, and could be, you know, um, as a better example of, of academic achievement, but I was always considered to be a difficult child, and to be honest, I don't know why I was a difficult child, until today, but I was always, you know, labeled as a difficult child. So everyone else was behaving better, Well, I was not doing anything wrong. But I was always, you know, a difficult child. Period. So that was that was my experience. So I know how how it works. And of course, if it's if you experience something like that during your childhood, that's uh, that's you know even more devastating because it's your formative uh, years. So. Um, it's not really that cool but uh, yeah unfortunately that happens quite often in relationships and well those who were married or even in a long-term relationship were probably pretty often had to face the feedback that was brought by their partner from you know their mother or or his mother <laughs> or 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 dad or some aunties or, or someone else and you know all this good Advice uh, that you get uh, from outside as we spoke in, in, in the previous episode with, uh, with our previous guest about those external influences that somehow <laughs> get into the relationship and, and they are not really doing anything good to the relationship, right? And there is like one more, uh, ma- one more way of manipulating that is actually quite common. I don't know whether you've experienced that, uh, guys. I mean uh, here particularly uh, the technique which is called silent treatment. That's one of the most common techniques of manipulations and it, it happens when, well, your partner just uh, stops talking to you for some reason. And well, that's, that's the thing. Uh, this reason is usually when, for example, they say something and you don't agree with that. And it doesn't really even have to be a huge argument that you have over something. It can be actually something small, but you yep. wouldn't expect another person to stop talking to you for, well, weeks maybe, days for sure. And that's something that, that pretty often, often happens. I mean, I remember that from my family of origin, when, when my parents had that kind of Highland days. And uh, it's very, you know, very, very bad thing to observe. And I think even worse thing to actually take part in it as one of the of the partners, because it's so frustrating. You don't know what is going on. And, and, you know, as a child, seeing parents behaving like that, it's it's quite devastating. You know, you don't have this, you know, you, you just feel like you don't know what is going to happen. Right. And if you are a part of that kind of a couple and, and your partner is toxic and they, you know, serve you silent treatment because you disagreed with them on, on something which is maybe not even uh, anything very important, but, you know, it's about seizing power, control. It's again about the same things. It's, it's not really about about the, the argument, it's not about moving on, it's not about uh, trying to develop some sort of a resolution to the conflict, it's just about having power, showing who's in charge. So is that something that you are familiar with?
2: In my childhood, yes, um, mm. um, and, and, and it's, a, it's a very funny experience, um, not really my childhood <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. um, I think this was when I, um, when I went overseas um, for, my, for my master's and at that particular juncture, for some reason, for XYZ reason, my, my dad and mom had um, an argument over something and I could see my dad doing this to my mom, wherein he would just- Yeah,
1: keep... am here. Yeah, that was mostly my dad.
2: <laughs> he would just keep quiet. But the funny part is this, right? So he's not mm-hmm. talking to her. My mom, she would go early in the morning, about 5 a.m. She would leave the house for her work. Um, she was a nurse. And, and she would come back by 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So my dad, even though like they're not talking to each other, like one sweet husband he is and, and a sweet person he is, mm. he would ensure that, you know, the tea is made for my mom when she's come back. There's a bottle, of, there's a glass of water ready. Um, there's warm tea ready for her. Okay. But he would not utter a word. You know, he would even have snacks ready for him. <laughs> for her but no no not a single word like okay how's the day been or you know i'm glad that you're back and, and and so on and so forth and my mom called me one day and he's like your dad's not talking to me i was like what happened this time she's like, i don't know some some argument happened and and, mm-hmm. and, so on and so forth and now he's not talking and and she's like you know what was the sweetest part he still gives me tea in the afternoon <laughs> and i'm like okay that's so weird that is so weird. I mean, I just told her, like, you know what? No love is lost. He's just a little upset. You know how he is. Um, he's a little boy. You just need to, um, you know, um, go and just give him a hug and he'll be fine. And that, that's actually what worked. I mean, all, all, all he needed was a little hug from my mom. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely fine after that. I mean, it did go on for a couple of weeks. My mom didn't know what to do. I mean, like, I'm still getting my tea. I'm making dinner. He's yeah. eating it i'm making breakfast and leave for him and he's warming it up and eating it but he just doesn't want to talk so yeah Yeah, exactly
1: because that's that's how it works you know it's there's quite a lot of confusion behind it and well i mean the example that you use this is still quite sweet though i would say but yeah sometimes those silent uh, silent treatments are really much much worse and for example you know this toxic partner can even use children to to communicate with the other, uh, uh, well, parents, yeah, with the other person in in a relationship. And that's also quite, quite bad because we shouldn't be using children in in any arguments or in in any, you know, way make them to be mediators uh, between the parents. But yeah, so silent treatment is also something that if it happens habitually, that's definitely a red flag. And sometimes people get upset with each other they may not speak for a day or two that can happen that's something that that is not uh, that uncommon sometimes we just maybe need some space for ourselves you know we need to cool our heads down but when it happens habitually when it's something that uh, keeps coming every now and then and is not really Know, initiated by, by anything that, that you would think that justifies that kind of silent treatment then it's another thing that we should um, pay attention to in, in, in relationships because well adult people, people who are mature, emotionally mature, they tend to speak if they have problems, right? They try to figure out what they can do. Uh, they try to find some solution that is productive. And when you stop communicating with the other person, when none of this is going to happen, so that's definitely not uh, not something that uh, anyone would, you know, recommend <laughs> for a relationship. Not a, not a way to to solve any uh, problems that uh, may pop up in a relationship. Well, guys, thank you very much for this um, very insightful and exciting discussion. Well, Sabine, thank you, thank you very, very much <laughs> for oh. sharing your experience with us. That's, oh. you know, that's not that common that people like, well, talk about that kind of thing. So um, I, I really, really appreciate that you decided to, uh, to join us today and, and talk about uh, toxic relationships and manipulation with us.
2: Oh, no problem, nothing to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's over, it, I'm over it. And uh, probably if, if, I, if I can help in any way, um, with, with by sharing my experiences and others can learn and take the cues and um, did the things that you know probably I should have done you know if it helps someone out you know I won the game so it's it's good it's all good.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be your advice to people who are um, maybe in a similar toxic uh, situation in their relationship that's been going for for very long? They try to fix it and nothing works. What would you recommend them to do?
2: The first thing I would suggest is try to sort your insecurities out with each other. Because um, like Ashish mentioned, it's the insecurities that actually draws all these manipulations and and, and toxic relationship. And at least in my case, it was. So what I would suggest is either if if the insecurities are not resolving your issues, take a break from each other. um, Try to see, uh, spend some time away from each other. Because at times it does work uh, in certain cases when you start, when you maintain the distance, you realize the true value of that person. If that doesn't work either, uh, I think it's about time that, you know, you take the, 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 the next step, which is just part ways. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. going to work. It's not going to lead you into a healthy lifestyle. Um, it's not going to be a happy life that you're looking for. I mean, um, you cannot expect that, OK, the, the, the light's going to shine on us and mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine. No, it's, it ain't going to happen. So it's time to walk away. take the bold so it's, move.
1: It's pretty much about um, at some point, you know, uh, leaving those uh, pink glasses aside and and just having the awareness that well whatever you're trying is not really working and instead of banging with your head against the wall you probably have to move on well thank you very much that's actually a very good advice because we tend to to stick to our relationships and we always think that we can do something to to fix them but uh, not always um, that is possible so thank you very much for for today see you everyone in the next episode
2: <laughs> absolutely thanks thanks for having me thanks okay. Ashish. thanks thank you cheers bye Bye-bye.